Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And right now, Thomas Hearns is an open book for Ray Leonard. Backs up against the ropes. This is one of the most unusual calls by a referee in the history of the sport. The first loss. A tremendous victory. Leonard fighting off the ropes. It happened. It happened. Number cut by Douglas. Down goes Tyson. Hooks it. Right hand shot. Welcome, fight fans, to another episode of BTR Boxing Podcast Legendary Nights with me, your host, John Basto, joined as always by Johnston Brown for this latest episode, as voted for by you, the users of Twitter, the listeners to the podcast. You've voted for Sweet Revenge, Lennox Lewis versus Hassim Rackman, the rematch. We're going to be talking about this fight in its entirety. Build up, breakdown, aftermath. We're also obviously going to touch on the first fight and how this came about. But before we get into it, of course, go and follow us on social media at BTR Boxing Pod on Twitter and BTR Boxing Podcast on Facebook. If you've not already subscribed to the podcast, you can do so by checking us out on Apple Podcasts. Please go on there and subscribe. If you've already subscribed, please rate and review us. Also, you can find us on Podbean, Stitcher, Spreaker, Player FM and even Spotify. And if you want to, you can subscribe to Eat Seat Blocks and Repeat's YouTube channel and find us on there as well. So this is it then guys, as voted for by you in the Sweet Revenge poll. This is the tale of Lennox Lewis versus Hassim Rackman number two. Johnston, this is it. The final judgment. Lewis versus Rackman, number two. As voted for by the users of Twitter and BTR Boxing Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, Spreaker, Player FM. You're all on there. You've all been voting. Thanks so much for voting for this episode. We really, really appreciate it. And what a hell of a fight and what a hell of a night to be talking about. It really is uh, sweet revenge. For Lennox Lewis, uh, it was a good pick for, from the uh, from those that voted on Twitter. It was it was a decent poll with Patterson Johansson too, Bob Holyfield too, and uh, Lewis Smelling too, um, and it was a clear winner. 
So, uh, good pick from the viewers. And it is great to, to be able to cover Lennox Lewis once again, this time against uh, Hassim Ratman. So, it's the second time he's popped up on the Legendary United series. The first one was the first Evander Holyfield fight. And now we get the Rackman fight a little bit later on in his career. So, as always, we're going to break the Legendary United episode down by looking a little bit into the career of Lennox Lewis before the Rackman fight. And we will include the first Rackman fight, of course, as well, and discuss what led into this second fight. We'll also be discussing the build-up to this second fight, the fight itself, and the aftermath as well. So let's get into it then, of course. We've got to start at the end of the Holyfield fight, really, and what led on for Lennox Lewis from there on in. So we talked about... In the previous episode of Legendary Nights, when we covered the first Holyfield fight, that draw led on to a rematch, of course, and it was an immediate rematch against Evander Holyfield later on that year in 1999, where Evander Holyfield would subsequently lose the heavyweight titles to Lennox Lewis in what was another convincing performance from Lewis. Tonight, boxing crowns an undisputed heavyweight champion... As after 12 rounds of action, we go to the scorecards with a unanimous decision. Here are the score total. Judge at ringside, Jerry Roth scores at 115 to 113. Judge Chuck Joppa scores at 116 to 112. Judge at ringside, Bill Graham sees at 117 to 111. All three in favor of the winner and the undisputed heavyweight champion of the world, Lennox Lewis. It was, it was, it was, it was actually a little bit closer in in terms of looking at the first one, um, although uh, the other one was a draw. So it was interesting because, you know, that was a shocking, a really bad judging performance for me. That was, I, I don't understand how Lennox Lewis didn't win first one uh, in the second one is a little bit tight a little bit closer but even saying that I think Lennox Lewis won the fight and, and he was clearly the better man of the night once again and he deserved to then become the number one heavyweight in the division for me um, before obviously moving on to Michael Grant so Michael Grant was 31 and 0 at the time Lennox Lewis got in the ring with him and it was obviously a big test for him because at this point Michael Grant was obviously beating everybody that was put in front of him at this point in time so he'd been beating guys that would come up in the Legendary Night series before and on our career profile series so we had Lou Savarese in there we had Andrew Galotta in there uh, and then obviously he bumped into to Lennox Lewis uh, and, and lost to Lennox Lewis I thought this was a really really good performance from Lennox Lewis when he went in there and he stopped Michael Grant in the second round. It was, it was, it was good to see Lennox back to those destructive ways, if you like, really sort of throwing that jab with, with intentions and then following it up with a right and just uh, in the end, I thought Grant, he, he obviously seized his, he seized the opportunity against Grant and, and got rid of him in the second round and it was a nice vintage performance from Lennox and uh, again, he was just proving once again that he was the man in the division and, and the best out of them all, really. Um, Obviously, in in the horizon was obviously everybody wanted to see the Mike Tyson fight, but you know another great performance from Lennox. It was another great performance from Lennox, and this is where he started to go on a little bit of a run before the first Hassan Ragman fight. His next fight was against former Mike Tyson opponent in Franz Bolver. Now Franz Bolver was knocked out by Mike Tyson in 1999, and then Lennox Lewis gets in the ring, and obviously people are making the immediate comparisons. Will Lennox Lewis go in there and knock him out? Will he beat him the 
same way Tyson did. Well, yeah, he did. He went in there and knocked him out within two rounds and just shown again why people regarded him uh, as the best heavyweight in the world. He held the titles. There was nobody out there, essentially, that could beat him at this point. And then he moved on again to another dangerous opponent, a dangerous puncher in David Chua, who was... 37 and one loss at that point in his career as well so he was another danger fight for Lennox Lewis but again Lewis he just overcame this well he negated everything Chua had you know people were saying oh you you know you're going to get caught off this guy if you get caught off him we know what was going to happen but he managed to to keep him at range all the way through the fight and, and boxed him to a unanimous decision and really impressive performance it was, and and David Chu is a he's a funny one, isn't he? Because I mean, he's he was so little for a heavyweight; he was tiny. Um, so you know, we, we speak we speak now about Anthony Joshua and fighting smaller opponents and how difficult it can be. But but Lewis proved on the night that you know it, it was pretty comfortable for him all night. I remember I remember watching that fight around a friend's house, um, and he literally just boxed his head off. Um, he, he used his jab well and kept Chu away. He didn't want to get Chu. Chu, last thing he wanted to do is have Chu get sort of close to you and, and push you up against the ropes, which he didn't allow him to do. Uh, and he won it convincingly. Um, it was a very good performance for Lennox Lewis. Um, and, and again, he just continued to just move on through the division. Um, the only name we all wanted to see at the time was obviously Mike Tyson. We were all desperate to see that fight. Um, and he was the only real other name um, that was potentially going to, that could dethrone Lennox. Um, but, you know, as we obviously know, we move on to, to, to the Hassim Matman fight, the first fight um, in uh, South Africa. Obviously, wanted to, to move himself along in the, and, and be a bit like a, a bit, bit like what Ali was like and travel around the world and show off, you know, he's the heavyweight champion and, you know, just, just to fight in other continents and other countries was, was a way to do that. And obviously, Hassim Ratman, I believe, was number seven, ranked number seven in the world at the time. And it was just a guy for Lennox to just get some, some brands under his belt because he didn't want to just blast the guy away. He'd just stick any no one in there and beat some fella up um, before the Tyson fight because that was inevitably what was coming. Um, and uh, yeah, so we decided to go with Hassim Ratman. He was handpicked. And um, we all know how that worked out. It didn't go well for him. He, he didn't perform well at all, didn't do the fundamentals that we'd seen, as we've just discussed and spoke about against Grant and Chua, and he got caught, and he got caught big with that big right hand and got flattened. Lennox Lewis is like a big cat. Rockman, jab, 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 jab. Four of them chases Lewis across the ring. Well, it's interesting, you know, that you we, we talk about the first Rackman fight. Rackman seemingly he, he kind of came from nowhere really for this for this shot at the heavyweight title in the first fight. Because when you looked at his career, he was undefeated up until the point he got in with David Chua in December of 1998 and got blown away by David Chua. And that wasn't for any particular major title at the time. He was only fighting for, as you would say, an ABC title, an RBF Intercontinental Heavyweight and a, a USBA Heavyweight title. He loses to Chua, comes back, has a couple of wins, gets a decent win over Oleg Maskev and then Marion Wilson, and then Corey Sanders, and then it's like, you know, this at this point, this is where he gets the opportunity, because Lennox Lewis has handpicked him, and just to go back and correct myself there, Oleg Maskev 
he actually lost to, to Oleg Maskev via KO. So this was his second defeat on his record at this point in time. So, it, it, you know, he wasn't really anybody that I would say was feared in the heavyweight division at this point. I think it's fair to say that when this fight was made for the first time, it, it, I think it's uh, it's easy to sit here and say now that Lewis definitely overlooked Hassim Rackman in that first fight. And with the way Lewis was at the time, you know, he was on top of the world. He was the king of the heavyweights. Nobody at that point could touch him in the division. It was all leading to that big fight with Mike Tyson. And then we got to South Africa and things just went really drastically wrong overnight. And it was one punch that shook the world back in 2001 when Hassing Rachman stopped Lennox Lewis in five rounds to become the unified heavyweight champion of the world. Yeah, it really did. Uh, it, it, I remember watching the fight on BBC One. Um, I, you know what, when I, when I was looking back on this, I, I didn't realise it was on BBC One, but you know, it's very un, it's unusual for BBC to, to put a show out. It was always sort of ITV, wasn't it? Um, and obviously Sky. So it was interesting to see them do that. Um, so it, it's actually on YouTube, the whole hour, like, three hours or four hours of the actual full show is actually all on there. So I was, I was quite interesting to watch that back. And obviously Hassim Ratman was a 20 to one underdog. Um, and as you say, I mean, the two of five, I mean, I didn't even know, I'll be blatantly honest, all I knew of Hassim Ratman is he was the opponent for Lennox Lewis. The first time I'd ever heard of him um, and he'd come out and over. So sort of going back and sort of just having a look at some of his fights that are around on YouTube, I, you know, I would, I'd say to anyone to go and watch the David Chua fight because David Chua, that was a good fight and he was unlucky she hit him right on the end of the bell and was lucky not to get disqualified I and mean, then ended up getting rid of him but the other good fight is, is obviously the Corey Sanders fight I, I would definitely definitely ask anybody anyone that loves boxing just loves to watch a tear up uh, Hassim Ratman and Corey Sanders is a brilliant fight and obviously Corey Sanders is the guy that beat Klitschko um, so if anyone didn't know that so yeah a good fight to go back and look at but yeah he actually come in he was a complete underdog no one expected him to, to derail Lennox Lewis everyone was expecting that Mike Tyson fight and, and well you know it was a shock shock defeat and, and Lennox you know he was he was hurt I mean there was a couple of times in sort of around the fourth round I believe even the third round he was landing that right hand at will and uh, one of the commentators I, think, I can't think who it was but it was a commentator on, on on BBC, on the BBC network that's on YouTube, that kept saying that he's kept, he keeps hitting him with his right hand. He's got to be careful with his right hand, and he just kept dropping that left hand. And it was like he was inviting Hasim Ratman to land it, and and he did in the end in that fifth round, and he absolutely flattened uh, Lennox Lewis. And uh, yeah, an absolute shock. One of the biggest biggest shocks for me in heavyweight boxing. Yeah, definitely. I totally agree. And just touching on the point about the fact that it was on the BBC over here in the UK, as you said, it was quite unusual because BBC had not really picked up boxing for quite a long time. And it was around this time, after the Sydney Olympics in 2000, that they'd picked it back up again. And there was a specific reason why they picked it back up again. It was because we had a gold medalist in boxing in a super heavyweight division by the name of Audley Harrison. And obviously, he was being pushed as the next big heavyweight hope for Britain at that point in time and that is why the BBC ended up getting boxing on their channel at that point and then obviously as part of that 
you know, they ended up showing this this fight with Lewis and Rackman. It was that o'clock in the morning. I think it was something like four o'clock in the morning to, to cater to all audiences across the world. And obviously to, to stay up and watch Lennox Lewis get knocked out the way he did after expecting him to just go in there and, and blow Rackman away was an absolute shocker, really. But Lewis didn't seem right on that night at all. He seemed like he was, he was a little bit unfit. He seemed to sort of gas quite early on in the fight. I mean, he got stopped in five, but by rounds two and three, it was like looking at him and his mouth starting to open already and you're thinking to yourself watching it you know i know the heat's quite extreme over there but it just seems a little bit strange to be honest with you and the way he kept on dropping that left hand yeah i think you could kind of see the writing was on the wall early on in that fight but for us as fans at that time we were expecting on this loose to just get this one two combination off and, and and change the course of the fight and it just didn't happen and it was crazy and as a result of this now this 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 led into a massive fight and a massive change in the career of Hassan Rachman because, you know, we talk about underdogs. Buster Douglas was a 42-1 to underdog against Mike Tyson in 1990. Hassan Rachman was a 20-1 to underdog and pulled off, obviously, one of the biggest upsets in boxing history after knocking out Lennox Lewis in that fifth round. So as a result of this now, this leads nicely into the second fight, the one that we're covering today. And as a result of that victory over Lennox Lewis, it changed the, the, the life of... Hassing Rackman because Hassing Rackman then gets the opportunity to join a massive promoter. And who is it? It's our good old friend making another appearance on the podcast, Mr. Slippery Slimy Motherfucker himself, Donking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, do you know what? When I when I first um when when it happened, I remember the you know, I do remember it quite well. Um and I do this guy's come out of nowhere, Hassing Rackman is Felix Lewis, and now we get this situation where you know, I'm sure in the contract there was a rematch. I think there was there was always there was always problems, wasn't there, with where he's going to go. Um, for me, I always when I found out he got with Don King, I just assumed you know he's just as I say he's just that scumbag and he's just coming because I'm his other promoter. Who, who his, other, his other promoter in actual fact was uh, Cedric Kushner, and Cedric Kushner was he was a sort of around in the nineties. He wasn't a big big name promoter. But um, sort of for, for first of all, I thought that Don King just slipped in and got rid of him. In actual fact, um, listening to Hassan Rackman recently on the, I, can't, I forget what podcast it was, but it was it was in, interviewed on a podcast uh, from an American guy, and uh, apparently um, Hassan Rackman his contract run up at the end of the tenth of April, so it was just before that fight in South Africa which was on the 22nd of April. So his contract with Kushner had basically ended, although he didn't declare it publicly. Um, the only way that contract could be reignited um, was if Kushner gave Hassan Ratman $50,000. And if he had given him the $50,000 before the fight, then, you know, he, he continued with that contract or a new contract, if you like. But Kushner didn't do that. In actual fact, he, he neglected that. He left it. He waited for this fight to happen possibly looking at it and thinking he's probably not going to beat Lewis it makes no difference if I give him the money maybe later on so Hassan Ratman at the time when he went into that fight in South Africa he was a free agent nobody ever knew that um, and he felt in himself that you know he's backing himself no one else is backing him he's got no promoters Kushner's not backing him because he's not giving him 50k so what happened was obviously he goes and beats Lennox Lewis so now he's a free agent now you've got HBO Showtime and to Kushner giving him all these wonderful packages I think one of them was saying a Tyson fight one was saying a, a, a rematch of Lewis and he was getting these massive sort of million pound deals Kushner so when he's gone to Ratman 
to, to, to get this fight signed and sealed for whoever it's going to be. So sort of said, no, I've, I've, I've been approached by Don King. And Don King had actually, I believe it, it, was, it was a sort of, a, in Times Square, like a shady little restaurant uh, or hotel he met uh, Hassim Ratman, um, and he, he gave him. Uh, I believe it was a it was a check for about I think it was two point five million dollars and a cash uh, a, a suitcase full of cash, which was <laughs> half a million dollars. <laughs> so all in all, it was like three mil. Um, so he basically gazumped Kushner, and you know, and Ratman says to this day, you know. King, at least he come to me, he give me, he give me a suitcase worth of like sort of half a million in cash, there and then in his hand, and then a check two and a half mil. So he was like, well, I'm going to knock Kushner, and I'm going to sign with Don King. So yeah, that that slippery bastard again steps in and and, and picks up uh, the the undisputed heavyweight champion who was Hassim Ratman at the time. So an interesting story that I didn't know until sort of digging through the archives uh, for the build up to this to the second one. You were talking about, obviously, Showtime and HBO having a bit of a standoff to try and get him on the network for the next defence of his title. And it was quite interesting because, as you said, you know, you had Showtime offering Rackman $19.25 million to make his first defence against their premier fighter at the time was Mike Tyson. Well, HBO countered with a $70 million offer to meet Lewis in the rematch. But initially... Ratman actually turned down both of them offers and instead he'd opted to take a less lucrative fight against a fringe contender by the name of David Izon that would only net him around $5 million. But Lewis had signed the contract originally with a rematch clause in it. So obviously Lewis weren't going to let this lie. He wanted the immediate rematch. He wanted to get his sweet revenge on Hassan Rappin. So he had to basically go to court to get this rematch instilled, which he did. And in the June of 2001, a judge ruled in Lewis's favour. So as a result, both Rackman and Lewis agreed for the rematch to take place on November the 17th. And that's where it kicked straight in to the build-up between these two and the most notable incident that happened on a TV show. People wonder, and they sit out here and they say, how can you get these two guys together? They're trying to beat each other's brains in when they're in the ring. What crosses the line when a guy says something about you? Well, he can say what he wants as long as he keeps his hands in front of him. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to let him get to me mentally. So uh, as long as he keeps his hands to himself, then we, we do it for the money. I think, I think uh, what crosses the line when you talk some personal stuff, say if you say something about a person's mother or something like that, I think that crosses the line. I think, you know, you should be able to keep it professional. During your radio gigs here, uh, did he question your sexuality? Yeah, he, he, he said, uh, why are you starting that gay sh- uh, stuff? I'm saying, I'm not gay. Why are you calling me gay? He said he's not calling me gay. So I don't understand that. What did you say, I see? I said what he did was gay. I say he wanted to take it to the court, and we fighting that around the same time I told him we was going to fight anyway. So I said that was gay to take it to the court. I mean, and he, I don't know why he was so offended. I'm a hundred percent woman's man, so don't even play that. If, if you're worried about that, bring, bring your sister, bring anyone. Look, ho, 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 ho. I'm going to tell you right now. If you don't want me saying nothing about your mother, your father, or anybody else in your family, Listen, do not say nothing about my family. Be careful what you do say. Do not say nothing about my family. Be careful what you say to do me. Do not say nothing. Man, you ain't nobody. I say what I want to say to you. Go ahead, man. I say what I want to say to you. What you mean? I just said it. What you want me to say? say what you want me to say? Say anything you want. Like what? Like what? Like what? Anything you want. What you want me to say? Say anything you want. What? 
Fellas, fellas. Okay, we don't want that. Guys, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it was actually one we missed when we done the uh, boxing brawls. Actually, we didn't pick up on this one, so we, we did forget about this. Uh, um, just, just to correct myself as well, it weren't two point five million dollars that Donkin gave Hassan. It was actually four point five million in the check. Just wanted to clear that up and half a million in cash. So anyway, it was all together. It's five million. But anyway, moving on to the actual to promoting the fight, uh, both Ratman and Lewis made an appearance on the ESPN interview show hosted by Gary Miller, uh, up close, I believe it was called. Uh, um, Ratman had done an earlier radio interview in which he criticised Lewis's decision uh, to sue him in breach of the contract, calling it gay, saying, you know, that's a gay move type of thing. And obviously, Lennox Lewis took it as he's calling him gay. Um, so when they eventually met face-to-face at this sort of, this face-to-face up close, with Gary Miller on ESPN, it started to get a little bit silly, and uh, and and in the end, um, Lewis did did throw the line, which which I thought was a little bit below the belt. Was you know, if you think I'm gay, well, bring me your sister, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Ratman did quite like that at all. Uh, so the, the two ended up sort of face to face, and then in the end, they ended up having a little rolling around on the floor, um, and you could see Lewis was. Steven, I mean, I've never actually seen Lewis this pissed off. You could tell he was so, so annoyed that he had sort of overlooked Hassan Ratman and he, he, he didn't like the way Ratman was carrying himself. And, you know, credit to Ratman, he's the champion of the world and he's putting it on Lewis and he, he's trying to get in his head and he did. And uh, and they had a little tussle on it live on television. Uh, so, yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a funny one to watch, actually. Yeah, it was really good, that, actually. It was a really good little pro, weren't it? Because, they were, like you said, they was on this, it was like a couch. And we were just sat there on like, this chat show on a couch next to each other. And obviously, as you said, you know, Rackman is, has mentioned this earlier on in a different interview. And Lewis comes on and, and <laughs> basically says, I'm a, I'm 100% a woman's man. Uh, and then if Rackman, if you have any worries, bring your sister. So as you said, they get, they're getting each other's, they're getting in each other's face. And it's just hilarious because you just know, like, shit's about to go down. And then Louis sort of delivers the, the, the first bit of physical altercation because he gives a little bit of a push to Ratman. So then obviously Ratman retaliates and tries to sort of take Louis down. And they basically end up, if you've not seen it, please go and check it out. Amazing. Brilliant. Great little, uh, great little clip on uh, YouTube for this. So they basically start scuffling. And as a result, Ratman managed to get Louis sort of push him down onto this table that was there which was the interview table that the host was originally on so under the weight of Lewis the table collapses and they're both on the floor and they're still scuffling and then you see all the staff running in to separate them and it's just it's a piece of boxing history uh, on television that you know I think is it should be something that we we look back on and, and we laugh about and it brings us great memories because it really got people hyped up for this particular fight Lewis as you were saying Johnston uh, you know pissed off you know, this guy, oh. had every, this guy had everything, didn't he? You know, he was at the top of the mountain. He'd done everything he needed to do. The only thing eluding him was this fight with Mike Tyson. And yet, he let this guy come in here who'd, who'd lost twice to people, you know, couldn't really lace up Lewis's boots. And yet, he got stopped because, as he admitted himself, 
uh, on the Joe Rogan podcast about six months ago that he was doing a film shoot at the time in South Africa and he had all these other responsibilities and he weren't keeping his eye 100% on the ball and as a result he didn't train the way he would normally train with the same hunger and desire and passion and, and as a result he got sloppy and he got caught and that one punch changed the fight uh, and changed the landscape of the heavyweight division at that point but for Lewis it was all about this sweet revenge that we've been talking about it was all about getting the revenge on Hassi Rackman and and the way to do it was to go in there and put on a show and as we move into the fight itself this is where it becomes exciting because you know we've seen it quite recently with the Anthony Joshua losing to Andy Ruiz situation you know you've got a guy who's seemingly on top of the world regarded as the best heavyweight on the planet uh, goes in against an underdog and the underdog wins and it just causes all sorts of hell to the heavyweight division and, and for this particular fight you had Hassan Rackman who by the way was actually getting paid $10 million for this rematch. $10 million he got paid for it and you know how much Lewis got paid? $11 million which is quite crazy to think that that one punch changed the life of Hassan Rackman. Just before we move on any further in this episode of Legendary Nights, I just want to take a quick moment, as always, to give a shout-out to the sponsors for BTR Boxing Podcast, Bear Attack Boxing. You hear us talking about them in every single episode, about the high-quality products that they're producing. They have various sets of fight gloves, they have various sets of pads, t-shirts, hand wraps. There's quite a lot of fantastic products on their website at the moment, and I urge you, as a listener... And as a fight fan, to go onto the website and check out what they're doing. So if you go to www.bearattackboxing.co.uk, you can find all the latest products that they're producing. And also, as a listener to the podcast, you get a discount as well. What's more, you go into the checkout and you type in BTR10 in the promo code section. You'll get 10% off your basket, which to be honest with you... It's a good few quid in this day and age, so why not get over there and check it out? You know where to find them. They're on social media at Bear Attack Boxing, Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. You know the website, www.bearattackboxing.co.uk. Go and check out the products. If you do go and purchase something from listening to this advertisement for Bear Attack Boxing, then please drop us a message on Twitter at BTR Boxing Pod and let us know. We've had a few people do that and I really appreciate the feedback on the products that you're getting from them. And I'm sure the guys at Bear Attack Boxing also really appreciate it. So thanks for listening, and we'll get back to this episode of Legendary Nights. Completely. I mean, he gets he gets a £10 million pass. You know, he's got himself five mil from Don King. It was a sign-on fee that he picked up, you know, half a million cash. I mean, his life completely turned around. You know, just before that fight, you know, he's got his promoter that won't even give him 55. You know, now he's in, he's in the millions. I mean, it's just impressive, really, just from one punch. And that just shows you how, how beautiful the heavyweight division is because it can change the whole landscape of just by one shot. Um, and and by other fighters overlooking him, but as you as you mentioned with Lewis, yes, he was doing the film sit for Ocean's Eleven or Ocean's Twelve, whatever it was with with uh, Klitschko. Funny enough, wasn't it? I think it was. I don't know if it was Vlad or if it was Vitali, but yeah. And obviously being in South Africa, he didn't adjust to the weather. That's why he would be blowing so early. So for him, he just obviously felt that he could get through it, um, and he didn't, um, unfortunately. So this was he could he could just tell with Lewis. I, I remember at the time thinking, "What? I can't believe he's lost." And then thinking, 
sort of as I'm watching all the shenanigans that's happening with this flipping altercation that rolling around on the flipping TV set and, and just seeing Lewis, how he was talking and, and he looked like he was just ready for it and, and you know, he had already done it with Oliver McCall. He wasn't straight away. He had lost that fight but he did get a rematch against him and finish him off. Not And this was the first time he'd managed to get sort of a rematch from a defeat straight after. Um, and I think that was the other thing is most people were looking at it. Most pundits and experts felt at the time that is... Is this sort of is is Ratman as good? Is, is he this good? Did Lewis overlook him? These are the questions I started to think. Now is Lewis maybe on the slide? And now you start thinking, or oh, did he overlook him? Maybe so you start asking questions about Lennox Lewis, sort of similar to how people are with Anthony Joshua. Okay, Lennox Lewis is completely different to what Joshua was at this time of his in this stage of his career. But you know he had already proved himself, and this was a chance now to just put those demons to rest. And um, I think most people believed that Ratman would win this by knockout, or Lewis would win on points. So it was it was hotting up nicely for this for this big big fight, and it was another big night for Ratman. Uh, but win, lose, or draw, the guy's already winning with the amount of money he's picked up. Oh, it's hundred percent. Like I say, the, the punch that changed his life, weren't it? You know, the fact that he was able to get ten million dollars plus the deal with Dodgy Don King, and plus whatever else off the back of it. It was absolutely crazy to think that he has gone down in history at one point as as the unified heavyweight champion of the world. Yeah, he was only for one fight and he was only for a few months, but, you know, that's more than what most people go in the sport and end up actually achieving. So for him to have been able to say that he's a part of boxing history in more than one way is, is amazing to really think about. And yeah, we're going to talk about the fight in a minute and we're going to talk about how that actually went down in the aftermath uh, of this particular fight and the impact and the legacy it's left on the sport. But for, for a guy like Hassan Rachman, really, who, like I said earlier, I allude, I allude back to the fact that he'd lost twice, you know, to guys that really couldn't lace up the boots of Lennox Lewis, who is now regarded as a boxing legend, as one of the greatest heavyweights that I've ever lived. So, for me, this this was a massive, massive meal ticket, a massive lottery ticket, and you know he struck lucky the night when he beat Lennox Lewis. But this second fight, as we come into it now, was going to be a completely different affair. So as the fight gets underway, then we've got all the anxiousness, the nervousness, and you look at Lewis coming out of the dressing room, coming to the ring. And he looks as focused and as hungry as I'd ever seen him in his career. Absolutely. He looked in the zone, didn't he? He looked ready to go. Although I did hear an interview where he was saying he felt unbelievably relaxed as well in the, in the changing room. He just, he said like on the night when he was sitting there sort of a few hours or an hour before he came out to the ring, he said he was just nice and calm. He felt calm. He felt like, you know, he'd done everything he needed to do. He trained his bollocks off and he was ready to just, as I say, just put these demons to rest and, and just anyone that was ever questioning Lennox Lewis, um, and, you know, he put it out there that Hassim Ratman is just the one punch. It was a lucky one punch. He's not the Ratman again. And and from that first bell, you could see the intentions were there. That jab, that left-handed jab from Lennox was was it just he was he was throwing it with intention, and he really looked really up for it and pumped up. And there was just no answer from Ratman from the first bell. And it was you now he was just popping that left jab out, staying in the centre of the ring, sort of moving his weight between one left to, from left foot to right foot, and then throwing the right hand, following it up with the right hand when, when he when he had the opportunity to. And, and he was actually, I don't know if it was a left-handed jab or if it was the right hand. I think it may have been the right hand, but in the opening round, he ended up 
opening a cut on Hassim Rutman's eye as well, which which again just shows you just, just just the amount of power he's putting behind those jabs and those right hands. You know, when you look back on the fight, you look at how much of a controlled, composed performance this the second fight was because Rackman really really wasn't in the fight. Like, I mean, when I watched back on it in preparation for the episode to discuss it, I didn't realise, you know, how much control Lewis had in this fight. Um, from my memories of it, and I mean, we're going back 18 years here from when I watched it, you know, I, I remember it to be a little bit more of a, an anxious affair. But then watching back on it for the episode, I was like, actually, Lewis just, just totally bossed him and controlled him all the way through. And he, he was just he was just teeing off, really. He was just picking his shots really nicely. Hassim Rackman really wasn't even able to get underneath that jab to get close enough to Lewis. You know, the distance had been measured quite early on in the fight in that first round by Lennox Lewis. And I was really, really impressed by the way he his concentration was 110%. And, and that's kind of what it boiled down to in the first fight really was obviously concentration amongst other things is that he, he had a lapse of concentration the moment he dropped that left hand and the moment that you know Hasim Rackman landed that punch on Lennox Lewis to stop the fight it was it was just amazing to see the turnaround between earlier on in 2001 to, to November in 2001 when he gets in the ring with him and, and for the first three rounds four rounds of the fight he's just He's totally bossing him. He's bossing him with that jab. He's dictating the pace of the fight. And, you know, when you look at the, 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 the sort of way Lennox Lewis's career is, is remembered, this that, that, that for me, and this fight for me, sort of epitomised what Lennox Lewis was as a fighter. Definitely. I think I think people just see Lewis as a bit of a distance fighter, I think. I mean, I think now he's starting to get sort of recognition. I mean, it's hard to believe him, for the for the younger generation who probably would think what would you mean that uh, he's always had the recognition Lennox Lewis he hasn't not not with the British fans you know I mean, he, he, you know you got to remember he was uh, in Canada he was you know he, he wasn't you know he was born in Jamaica wasn't he and then he ended up in Canada where he went to the Olympics and then he came over to Britain to, to, to obviously and he, he was you know in the day I think he was he was an East you know he was brought up young young in the East End um, and when he went to Canada he was sort of bullied I know we're moving off the subject here but he wasn't really. He was. He, he didn't get that recognition for me. Basically, I always felt that it was later on after his career that he got that. But this fight in particular, when you watch these first sort of three rounds, the way Lewis is popping off that jab and he's throwing that right hand and he's even throwing the left hooks in as well. He was. For, that was the first time I'd really seen Lewis in a while. Apart from obviously he had those the knockouts of Grant, etc. But for me, he was always a. A bit like a Klitschko in terms of the way he would he'd feel comfortable and probably a bit too overconfident where he could just throw the jab and he'd keep him a distance and he would just sort of guide his way through a fight. But this one in this night, he, when he was throwing that jab and he's throwing the right hand and he's just holding the centre of the ring, weren't allowing Ratman to get close to him, he was a boxer puncher that night and it was one of the best performances and, and, and clinical performances from this. He probably doesn't get the recognition it deserves because probably he, he showed that Hassan Ratman was as you said earlier, was, you know, he, he could barely type his shoelaces. Because let's, let's be honest, Hassan Ratman, people you say was a killer, he, he was a good fighter. He was nowhere near the level of Lennox Lewis, and he showed that in those first three rounds where he was just throwing that left hand. I mean, even in the second round, Hassan Ratman does land a right hand, and he just smiles it off. He smiles it off. In the first one, he smiled it off, but it hurt him. This one didn't hurt him, and it just got him back into 
he's like, I ain't catching with that again, basically. And I'm going to just box his head off until I'm going to get rid of him. And obviously moved on to the fourth round, and that's what he did. Well, the finish came when Lewis connected with a, a fantastic left-right combination that sent Ratman absolutely sprawling to the mat. Obviously, Ratman tried his hardest to get back up, but he was absolutely <laughs> concussed by these shots. It was a great left-hook-right-hand left combination that dropped him and floored him. And you knew as soon as it landed... You know, it's a it's a highlight reel knockout. As soon as it lands, it's over. The fight's over. You know, yeah, he wasn't unconscious, but he, he he was you know he was done. He was done in. He tried his best to get up at the count of nine, and then as a result, he couldn't couldn't make the count. The referee waves the fight <laughs> off. Lewis gets named the winner by knockout, regaining the heavyweight titles in the process. And the passion and hunger and I think relief he's shown at the end of the fight, winning this fight for me kind of said it all. It felt like it was six months of frustrations and disappointment all let out by that left-right combination. Ratman's starting to get his jab more powerful. Oh! Wonderful shot by Lennox Lewis! And he's laid out! Hasim Ratman! Is he going to get up from that? It was a fantastic shot! And Ratman will move very, very well. He will be stopped! It is over! Revenge! Redemption! For Lennox Lewis! now the three-time heavyweight champion of the world, Oh yeah, it was it was a beautiful combo, and and Ratman was even advised to keep putting his hands up as well, which in the third round, and he, he tried to do it, sort of put his both hands up to try and block it off, and, and Lewis sort of just threw that right hand on the outside around his hands and just caught him on the chin, and then the left come in and completely just a wonderful one too, and it just fastened Ratman. It was an absolute peach, and uh, and you can see, you know, he was he, he was so happy, he was so chuffed after the fight. He's calling him like has been Ratman, wasn't he? And uh, you know, he's called it in the Buster Douglas of the 21st century. And, you know, I told you that that punch was a lucky punch in South Africa. Um, and and he, he was right. I mean, he put those demons to bed and he literally just showed his class that night. And, and it was a great combination, a, a highlight real combination for Lennox Lewis. And if anyone hasn't seen it, I'd advise you to go and watch the finish because it's an absolute peach. And Lewis, for those four rounds, is just class, basically. And he was... It was astute tactics from Lewis and uh, from uh, Stewart, and they, they both put a perfect performance together and, and got the business done. I see a little twinkle in his eye, you know. You know, plus I've been dreaming all week to change his name. Change his name from has, has been the has been Rockman. His name has been Rockman now. I said that the belts were on loan, so he's had his 15 minutes of glory. Now they come back home to me. Why did you hide out in your dressing room tonight? You seemed like. You were just what? In your own zone and you just were focused on what was going to happen? Yeah, I was very focused. I didn't want to get into the hoopla. I was just showing the world that I was focused. They couldn't see too much of me. Even Rotman wanted to come in and see what I was doing. He was nervous. So he was outside my dressing room. I was laughing. You describe what you were doing in the first few rounds. Your jab seemed more authoritative than we've ever seen it. You, you stayed away from his right hand. Was that the plan? Yeah, just to give him some movement. He couldn't take, he couldn't take the movement. And, you know, I just showed him a different style. I told you, I can switch any style I want to. And, and this time I just showed him a different, different style of moving.
they certainly did get the business done. This was massive, a massive win for him. You know, relief more than anything, I think, with this one. That, you know, this could have gone terribly wrong. He could have ended up losing this second fight, and the rest would have been a completely different path of history. But it weren't going to be. The aftermath of it was that this led into the highly anticipated fight with Mike Tyson, which I'm not going to dwell too much on because I do believe this will come up at some point in the future on the Legendary Night series. Uh, but this was one that was anticipated for a very, very long time. Eventually, that fight was to take place on June the 8th, 2002 in Memphis, Tennessee. And I'm really looking forward to when that one comes up for Legendary Nights because I do genuinely believe that it was, although it was way too late in both of the careers, I still remember all the build-up to it. We've talked about it in brief detail on the Best Boxing Brawls episode. We've touched on it in Tyson's Career Profiles episode. It's one that I am really looking forward to talking about, more so for the build-up and the antics outside of the ring. But obviously for the aftermath of these two gentlemen now, this led on to Lennox Lewis going on after that to go on and fight Mike Tyson and then finish his career in 2003 with an absolute slugfest of a war against Vitaly Klitschko in what was an absolutely cracking but underrated last performance from Lennox Lewis. It was, it was, and in, in, and I think uh, Vitaly proved that night that you know he's definitely a force and he's going to be a guy to compete with Lewis in the heavyweight division. Um, and it was it was a cut that eventually stopped stopped the fight with Vitaly Klitschko up on, uh, on all the scorecards, uh, 56-58 by all three. So it was a really bad cut. If anyone ain't seen it, it was a horrific cut. I mean, it was rightly stopped. I mean, we spoke about Tyson the other night. I think this one was worse for me and uh, it was rightly stopped. Um, you have a look at this again, look at Fury and you're talking, you know, Klitschko in the end. Although he was in ahead, Lewis targeted that eye, and, and eventually he managed to get the stoppage. And, and the rumor was he was going to going to have the rematch. It was looking like it was going to happen because of the way it ended, and people felt that you know without a cut, Vitali could have gone on a beat Lewis. Um, and then in the end, Lewis decided to, to call it a day, maybe because he had already done what he needed to do. And I don't think he quite fancied getting in the ring with a, a younger, fresher Vitali Klitschko. And I think he thought, actually, do you know what? Um, I think it's time to give it a call it a day and on top as well as as the undisputed heavyweight lineal heavyweight champion uh, the uh, the only if, if most people would call it the end Lewis of that lineal title um, until there is an undisputed you know it was later on given to Vladimir in a fight against uh, I think I believe it's Chugayev about sort of eight years later or five years later so um, for me a lot of people do see Lewis as the last lineal and I can see why uh, the line really did do his bit and, and he was a, a great heavyweight and, and I sort of I, I'll make him right why would he have come out for a rematch against Vitaly um, I, I don't blame him at all to be honest well I don't either because at the end of his career you could see the, the hunger and desire had gone after he'd obviously won the titles of Holyfield in what was a, a great series of fights. Obviously after having that blip on his career with Rackman and then winning it back in the fashion he's did and then obviously the Tyson fight and then the Klitschko fight. What else was there left for him to prove in the heavyweight division in 2003-2004? There wasn't really at this point. You know, he was he was pushing on in his, in his career, he was pushing on in age. Why why go out, uh, you know, on a low? Why not go out on a high? And, and, and he did do that, and that's exactly what he did. And obviously, over the years, he's teased on many occasions he'd get out of his pyjamas for £100 million to fight again. But 
I'm, 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 you know, I don't think that's ever going to happen. I, I really, really don't think that will ever happen. I mean, obviously, there's talk of so X fighters coming out at the ages of 53, 54, wanting to have one more. But Lennox Lewis is a guy that went out on top, re, you know, remembered as a boxing hero, as a boxing legend, and quite rightly so. And you know, the blip in his career, ha- known as Hassine Rachman, will it's a part of it's a part of his career, it's a part of history. And 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 this fight and the way he come back to get his sweet revenge in this fight. It was it was absolutely brutal and brilliant and let's not forget about the other fighter in this one Hassin Rachman because obviously this wasn't the end for Hassin Rachman in his career after he lost the rematch to Lennox Lewis you know he was he was around for a good few more years in fact he retired in 2014 and, and he's currently now a trainer but when you look through his record after the loss to Lewis he was involved with, with some good fighters you know he went on to actually fight Evander Holyfield in the next fight after getting beat to Lennox Lewis then he went on later on down the line to fight guys that are well known like Monty Barrett he had a, a draw with James Tony, a loss to Oleg Maskev and then we got James Tony in a no contest in 2008 he went on to fight Vladimir Klitschko in 2008 and lose to Klitschko and then you had other guys on there like most notably Alexander Povetkin in 2012 who he lost to so you know he was still around for another 13 years after the loss to Lennox Lewis after having a great 2001 and then losing at the back end of the year but making shit loads of money on the back of that one win and that one punch you know, for him, he made he made a great career out of it. I mean, I don't know financially where he is in his life now. I know he's obviously training Michael Hunter at the moment, a heavyweight prospect that you know we really enjoying watching. But you know what he did was that one punch. As I've re- you know, I've repeated it many many times in the episode. And there's a reason. It's because it changed his life. It changed his career. It changed boxing history. And this does happen from time to time. We've seen it over the years. Again, most notably with Joshua versus Ruiz. A guy who wasn't expected to go in there and beat the heavyweight champion of the world, and what happens? He beats the heavyweight champion of the world. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy, isn't it? How, how how things can turn out for someone. He was a late bloomer as well. He didn't start until sort of his twenties. I think he was twenty twenty two when he actually finally turned pro. Um, it was, you know, one thing about Hassan Batman. He was, you know, for anyone that watches The Wire, that's where he was brought up in Maryland, Baltimore. It was a tough upbringing for him, and he was actually shot five times. He's lucky to even survive that. You know, he's come through that as well as having to. I think I believe someone told him off the street, go and become a boxer because he was knocking people out for fun on the streets. They said, go, go and do, go in the ring, earn yourself a few million, and boy, did he do that. And as you say, he moved on. I mean, it, to, to, to fight the guys he fought in Evander Holyfield, and he, he was considered at the time. I mean, after the Lewis fight, people were wondering if maybe he's a bit of a banger, maybe he's, he's going to be uh, going to be holding on to the title. So obviously, it didn't quite work out like that. But to go on and, and defeat Vladimir Klitschko, and well, not defeat, sorry, to lose to Vladimir Klitschko, but he actually did pick up another world title as well. I believe it was the WBC title where it was, I, I think someone vacated it. I think it might have been Klitschko. Let's go. I, I can't think. It was Charlie, maybe. Um, and he was ranked. He was like the next ranked fighter. You know, when someone decides to. Oh no, it wasn't. It, I, do you know what? I think it was James uh, was Jones Jr. Uh, who had the title, and then he went back down in weight. And then Ratman was the next in line, and he just got given the title. He ended up. I think he lost it in the first defence. So uh, um, he might have won it actually against Monty Barrett. Um, 
that, that's right for the vacant W. Or that was an interim. I'm, I'm getting confused. Here. It might have been James Tony, but he did pick up another world title, Hanson Ratman. So he's a two weight world champion, which is incredible, really. Um, you w- wouldn't think of that when you think of Hanson Ratman. But you know, he had a troubled upbringing. He got through that, and he earned himself a few bob. And as you say, he's, he's training uh, Hunter, um, who's, who's a great prospect. So yeah, uh, you can't forget about Hanson Ratman. Will always go down for you. Obviously, the famous win against Lennox Lewis, and rightly so. And he did progress, and he had some good tear ups, good fights along the way. Um, and credit to the guy, he wasn't not the one of the first names you think of when you think of heavyweight boxing, but you do remember it, like Buster James Douglas. You know, that's the same thing. It's just the guy that beat the big man, and and you're never going to forget them guys. No, you're certainly not. He's he's you know it's been enjoyable to sort of touch on the career of of Hassan Rachman really in this one because it's guys like this that you won't really see come up in this series because you know he didn't really do a great significant significant amount in his career i know it sounds like i'm sort of contrary to, to what we've been discussing tonight but obviously that the biggest stamp on his career was was beating lennox lewis and winning them titles uh, and then that led on to further opportunities in his career down the line and the reason that they got them opportunities was because of the fact that he beat lennox lewis although lewis absolutely obliterated him in the rematch he wouldn't have had all them opportunities as you were saying you know beating monty barrett getting that interim wbc heavyweight title having the draw with james tony as i I touched on earlier um so he retained that wbc title when he was made full champion and then he lost it to oleg maskev so you know he was involved in some other decent fights throughout his career obviously fighting another another sort of unified champion so to speak in vladimir klitschko and then fighting another up-and-coming heavyweight prospect who was 24 and 0 for another world title, but losing against Alexander Povetkin. So, you know, he did actually turn out to have a pretty good career, all in all. And it's surprising uh, about what this one punch did for him in his career. And we'll, we boil it all down to this one punch in his career. Look what he achieved as a result of it, which is not something I reckon he would have achieved should he have not got that victory over Lennox Lewis. I don't think he would have got all them opportunities and that's not to say I don't think he was good enough. I just don't think he would have got the same successes should he have not got that victory in the first fight and ended up getting all that money and getting involved with Mr. Slippery and you know all the other <laughs> stuff that went along with it. I just think it was... Uh, a historic moment in boxing history and, and quite rightly why people have voted for it as a sweet revenge for this legendary night because for Lennox Lewis it certainly was a sweet revenge it was and, and that's the point of it I mean we, we're I think we're, we're, we're being quite respectful to Hansi Ratman I'm not disrespecting him anyway but you know this was a sweet revenge poll so you know you had Patterson you had your Hanson in there you had Bowen Holyfield and you had uh, Lewis and Smelling so you know, you've got some massive, massive fires in there. And Hassan Ratman Lewis was the one that come out on top, and clearly. And that shows you, because it was sweet revenge for Lennox. I mean, Hassan Ratman, he, he's done... What, what he's done is uh, unreal. This this not only earned him shitloads of money, but he's ended up becoming, you know, he got he got a name for himself. People now would look out for him. I did. I was one of those guys. I didn't know how to that before he stepped into the ring against Lennox Lewis. And after that, I followed his career. So, you know, that's the soldier. The same thing will happen with Ruiz, what he's done with Joshua. And if he could actually go on and do the same against Joshua, who knows, it's possible. That's what people were saying about Hassan Ratman and Lennox Lewis. Hassan Ratman, Ruiz, are they much different? Probably not, really. I don't think so. I don't think there is much. I mean, the difference is, is, is Anthony Joshua as good as Lennox Lewis? That's, that's the question you're asking yourself there. And uh, we're not too sure about that. Uh, obviously, those questions will be answered later on. 
in his career. But yeah, you've got to credit the guy, has to. And not only that, I believe he actually, later on, he actually won a little court settlement against Don King as well, later on, where he had to break the contract with him because Don King tried to hold him. You now, when he, when he gets these fights, I think he had all the heavyweight champions around at the time before he actually managed to break loose of that contract. So it's another win for a fighter against a promoter. And, and I love hearing them stories, especially against guys like Don King. So, <laughs> has seen that one. Good, good luck. So I think he actually moved on to Bob Aaron, which is probably no better, to be fair. But, uh, yeah, uh, credit to Hasim and uh, he had a, he had a good career at the end of that and uh, off the back end of it and, and unbelievable really but he managed to win another world title so credit to him and Lennox Lewis will always go down for me probably the best British heavyweight for me I don't think there's anyone that really touches Lennox at the moment um, I've got my favourites but Lennox for me was, was the clear best British heavyweight around forever really I'm in, in, in the whole of history of boxing that's just my opinion um, but yeah a, a great fight to cover and and a great pick from the viewers. It certainly was. So thank you to everybody that voted in the Sweet Revenge poll. I really hope you enjoyed listening to the episode. I really hoped you enjoyed the social media coverage of all the four different fights in that poll. And and that's something, obviously, Johnston will be looking to do for the next poll, which will be coming out following this particular episode. So you'll be able to get voting on your next favourite legendary night, which will be put out after this one has been released. So thank you so much, as always, for voting for all the episodes that we're putting out thank you for following us on social media and also a big thank you for following us on all the available podcasting apps out there if you are an apple user and you are using apple Podcasts to listen to this podcast if you've not already rated it please go and do it because it really truly helps us get up the promotional rankings for the podcasting charts and when you do that rating and you put that review in gets to gets to more people people get to see what we're doing they get to see the episodes the feedback that you're giving that you're enjoying it so please if you've got five minutes just to go on there leave us a quick rating and review please go and do it and for any of the other podcasting apps as well you can do the same on there if you're on Podbean, you can leave a rating leave a review if you're on stitcher spreaker or player fm you can do it on there if you're on spotify you can follow us on there you can share the playlist on your social media you can share it on facebook on your twitter or on whatever other social media you've got go on there and share it and spread the word about the series so Thank you, as always, Johnston, for coming on the episode and breaking down Sweet Thank Revenge. The Lennox Lewis versus Hassine Rachman, number two. And right now, Thomas Hearns is an open book for Ray Leonard. Backs up against the ropes. This is one of the most unusual calls by a referee in the history of the sport. The first loss, a tremendous victory. Leonard fighting off the ropes. It happened, it happened. Number cut by Douglas. Down goes Tyson. Hudson, right hand shot. Lennox Lewis. Podcast Network. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press one. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press two. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over a hundred social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.